Tonight on the show, we return to Hamilton High with Hello Mary Lou, prom night two. We talk Canadians, full frontal nudity, and creepy horsies. My guests are the best couple in horror. That is Elise and Tony of the Gutted Horror Podcast. This is Manic Movie Monday. For the touch of your lips, dear But much more for the touch of your whips, dear You can raise welts like nobody else As we dance to the masochism tango All right, tonight on the show, I have my favorite horror couple ever. This is Tony and Elise from the Gutted Horror Podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Oh yeah, God. we're excited to be here. Yeah, this is our, our first um, this collaboration. Is our, yeah, this is our first guest spot on yeah. another podcast. So we're very honored. Yeah. Oh, yes. thank you. No, you guys are amazing. You're part of my drive home. Oh, so, yep. You're part of my um, on the treadmill. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I, the treadmill is so boring. I'm like, I need something to keep me going. And that's you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's like that. That is a high honor right there. Yeah. yeah. Definitely <laughs> high honor. So how did you guys get started with your, your journey to horror? And, and I know you guys have the best couple story ever. So you're going to tell it. Um, well, individually, I, yeah. for me, it started when I was five and I had some cousins that liked to, they were older cousins, of course, that liked to scare me. <laughs> and so I was introduced to child's play when I was five years old and, uh, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Is it, it's okay. Is it okay to, oh, close? dude. Yeah. No, we're it's, <laughs> just it's, checking. It's, yep. <laughs> Profanity uh, and, and nudity and everything else is, is well within our comfort zone here on the triple M. So, yeah. okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, so I was just tormented by some older cousins and uh, had the reverse effect of, you know, making me a lifelong fan. Yeah. And Elise? Similar. Uh, those older cousins. Thank you, older cousins. Um, I remember being able to go to my cousin's house over the summers. And I loved going to my cousin's house over the summer because it meant that we would go to that mom and pop video store and rent whatever. And I think... The most salient one for me is Leprechaun, but I know we we rented a lot of other ones like Scream Bloody Murder. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember just watching those and laughing. And I don't know if, because I was also scared, but I don't know if laughing through it kind of made it feel like it wasn't as scary. Yep. But uh, Scream Bloody Murder and Leprechaun were definitely some of my first ones. And I would never tell my mom because I wasn't allowed to watch them. So. <laughs> And then when we met in college, um, I noticed, well, you know, we, well, okay. So I noticed that um, Elise had a copy of Evil Dead 2. I had a very vast DVD collection in my dorm room. Very, yeah, prominently quite proud displayed. Of it. This is early 2000s. So, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Um, for, even for the general masses, DVDs were still cool to display. Although for, you know, for horror fans, they should always be front and center <laughs> i still have my whole collection i've gotten so much shit for it they're like they're like oh my god you're ruining the environment you need to have all that stuff digitized and dar -da -dar -da -dar. and i'm like fuck you I'm yeah, like, I, I'm like, <laughs> yeah you it's totally of... ruining if you're dumping it into the when... yeah i'm not dumping it into the <laughs> gulf like <laughs> But we basically like our first couple of dates were watching horror movies um, and yeah. so like our one of our first movies we watched together was um, Dead Alive. Yeah. And Ooh, that, was a, that was a that was a, a that was a group hangout. That was like a not quite. Oh, I, I don't want to quite ask you out yet. Yeah. So I'm inviting everybody in the dorm room. Yeah. And then the, the night I asked her out, um, we were returning Rosemary's Baby to yeah. Blockbuster. And then on the way back to Blockbuster, I asked her out. Oh, now my God. Now we're married. Fast forward 20 yeah. years later. History. Fantastic. That's so great. That's a great. That's it. That is. Yeah. Hashtag couple goals. People <laughs> who are listening. That's what you need to look for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so cool. Um, DVD collections. That's the more. Yeah. DVD collections is. Uh, it is. It's important. 
it's important to have that stuff. And it's important to have someone who celebrates your weirdness. It's very yeah. important, like to have someone who just kind of tolerates it. But to have someone who's like, yeah, let's watch that weird movie about the phone sex killer. It's yeah. like, <laughs> One sex killer I, I, I think you're just throwing that out there, but I feel like that's an actual movie that you need to tell me about. It is. As a matter of fact, uh, we just <laughs> dropped an episode on Monday called um, for this movie called Out of the Dark. And Out of the Dark is bananas, for one. Um, it came out in 88, and it is basically about a guy who dresses up as a clown, and he calls himself Bobo, and he stalks phone sex girls. Uh, set to electric guitar and a lot of smoke machines. Wow. It's it just wild. And I mean, it has this insane genre cast. I mean, I don't know who owed who money or favors, <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, it's like Paul Bartel, Divine, uh, Tracy Walter, a, a host of other female playmate type, you know, ex soap opera actresses. Um <laughs> And it just, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Jeffrey Lewis, it's just crazy. Like everyone shows up, Karen Black, everyone shows up in this movie. And um, I love it. I love it. It's super hard to find. It's one of those, you know, you got to buy the damn DVDR, but uh, worth it. Like just in a very 80s, sleazy, silly, weird type of a film. <laughs> All right. Sounds amazing. I'm looking for it. Yeah. I'm going to try to, f I'm going to take you up on that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, gonna be Watch it's like killer yeah. clown. It's just yeah. weird. It's like, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, speaking of weird, I mean, this movie is, see, you guys did a great review of Prom Night, which I thought was really cool. Um, because I've had a love-hate relationship with that movie for years. You know, when I was younger, I saw it on, um, we had a local like horror movie host guy named Dr. Paul Bear. And, and when we were kids, he would show horror movies on like the, on the, in the afternoon and, um, and they were always, you know, cut up and all that kind of stuff. So we never saw anything really lewd. Uh, but prom night was one of the ones he used to show. But the thing is, if you got an original copy of prom night on VHS, it is the most darkly lit, like yeah. you can't see anything. Um, yeah, especially yeah. during the scene where uh, Wendy is running in, you know, she's she's like running through the high school and she's hiding. Yeah. In the, and that's yeah. my favorite scene, too. Such yeah. a great scene, right? Yeah, I mean, great. she's got that gorgeous dress on and it's just such a, it's an amazing scene. Couldn't see any of it. Just, <laughs> oh, <man. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came out finally on Blu-ray and they finally did that restoration, it was like, Oh, you know, and, uh, and I realized how much I totally love it. But uh, prom night two was actually the first prom night movie. Uh, I really just fell in love with um, mm -hmm. because it's just like, it's just bananas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, so for me, it's like everything you love about 80s horror kind of all it's almost like an homage movie. So we watched it today. Cool. Um, we just like took a lot of notes anyway. His notes. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So so for anyone that has never seen Prom Night 2, what are you doing with your life? Really? Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's it's kind of like a mystery as you haven't seen this. But the plot of this movie is basically a high school student becomes possessed by the spirit of a burnt prom queen from the 50s. Mm -hmm. um, all the prom night movies are, are produced by the same man. They do not have anything to do with one another. Shake head. Except that his son appears in all four. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that was the son of the producer, but we... Rock Simpson? Yeah. Okay. Rock Simpson. Okay. It makes sense now. If you're the son of the producer, then... He's... He's little, he's little Nick. He's little Nick in Prom Night One. Heard. Yep. He's Josh uh, in Prom Night Two. He's a cop in Prom Night Three, and he's one of the priests in Prom Night Four. So okay. Yep. And I made a note. I don't hate that he got this role through nepotism because I actually really enjoy his. Character. I love Josh. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's unfortunate that Josh ends up being a sleaze bag. You know, yeah. He, he tries to, yeah, I, I was rooting for him like the entire time. I I wanted him and Monica 
I wanted that to happen. I yeah, yeah, because he, he had his box, it. his little corsage or something. That yeah, said, so and cute. he's totally like this this Randy type from Scream kind the of spenders. You know? Yeah, and I saw him as a Val Kilmer from Real Genius kind of. Oh God! At least in the look, the hair. Yeah, the computer. Really Seriously, that is my that is my favorite eighties movie. Like, <laughs> my favorite eighties comedy is Real Genius, and I'm lucky enough to own the soundtrack. So uh, Real Genius is like yes, absolutely. So I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little little Joshy there. Gosh. Um, what's your background with this? Like, was this a first time watch for you guys? No, we purchased this in a multi-pack mm. and it had like, it has 20 different movies in this multi-pack. It's like wow. Night 2, Halloween 7, 8, and 9. <laughs> <laughs> the first drama. Yeah, it's yeah. so random. It's I, all uh, quality plus. Yeah. 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 The, whatever distributor four. had, yeah. they're just like, yeah, let's just put all these on a DVD and... I think we got it for like five bucks. It was or five bucks, and they're like stacked, you know. So it's like oh yeah, other yeah. And there's five movies on one disc. It's a real yeah. bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a real it's like bargain. Got to flip it. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was just a, a random night because you know we we had watched prom night. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super familiar with prom night growing up either, and I I think I was like semi familiar with it, and then we popped it in, and we're like, that was great. Let's watch part two. We popped that in. We're like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> even though we we knew there was no really we didn't know there was no relation going into it. But after watching it, we're like, we don't care. This was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it was just sort of like a, just a random night. And we thought we'd try it out. And yeah, yeah, we we wanted to get back to this <laughs> and um, just get a little more in depth with it. Uh, and when we like in our uh prom night episode in you know on, on our podcast um we did mention we were like oh we were like starting to talk about uh prom night two and we we're like uh yeah wait we can't talk too much about prom night two that we should save that for another or episode something else it deserves its, its entire yeah. you know it deserves another episode on its own yeah so we focused on prom night one and the remake with britney snow so that's it's a, it's a, <laughs> you guys were very I, I have to give you guys credit nice. because yes you're very diplomatic in your <laughs> thank you you know because that's not the part of the reason I created my podcast was just because I wanted to celebrate these movies. And there had been so much, there had been so many podcasts that were released that were not a celebration of, of B film right. or cults or anything like that. There are plenty of people who will see a movie and for whatever reason, they'll just be like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then another person will watch it and be like, Oh man, but the soundtrack and, and didn't you like this scene where this happened or whatever? And they tried to do this thing and that makes it worth watching. Very, yeah. Yeah, very few movies do I feel like have no redeeming qualities. Thank you. And that's yeah. exactly, that. that's exactly why I created the podcast was like, cause there's, you know, it's, it's one person's trash is another person's treasure. And those were the people I was like, those are my people. Yeah. Nope. yeah, come on and talk about that movie that people maybe don't know about or don't like or whatever. Just come and I said, I tell my guests, I'm like, the only rule is that it be something you really love, like something yeah, you can talk totally. about and you're excited about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good rule. It's yeah. Good rule. <laughs> it's important that we always like to point out these are products of their time. These are these are products of the time period in which they came out. Yeah. Um, This is uh, I mean. You know, you have this movie has a lot of nudity in it. Oh yeah, like Heavy. like uh um the main character Wendy, Wendy Lyon. Yeah, Wendy Lyon went for it. Yeah, she yeah. Really just go for it. Yeah, she, she we she really wanted to shed that Anne of Green Gables thing. She yeah, and with Anne of Green Gables, she's it, like, all right, bush out, what? let's do it. Yeah, was she in Anne of Green Gables? Okay, that makes sense because I, I read in an, or he read in an interview that um. The who was it? Ron Oliver was shocked when he saw the footage of of her just fully nude and yeah, um, because it wasn't originally it wasn't script. originally in the script. Nope. And I guess when the director proposed the idea, she's like, "Yep, let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> she was all about it, which I thought was really cool because it was like, "Oh, good for her, man." She was like yeah. all up in it, and she wanted to. She was gung ho about it. She was like, "Yep, 
you know, uh, Beverly Hendry, who played Monica, was more reserved. Like she was like, look, like I'll do it, but you've got to shoot me from the back or the side. No front. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I don't know if I would be a, a Wendy Lyon. I would definitely probably be a Monica. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my God. Um, I mean, I was pretty shocked when I saw it as a I probably rented this movie when I was pro- like, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old. Um, whatever age my parents just gave up. Yeah, yeah, like you can't, you know, like I don't know why we're trying. Just rent whatever you want, you know. Because I was the kid that would go into the video store and switch all the boxes. Uh-huh. So could get away with it, and then get in serious trouble for that. <laughs> so when the two Jack Frosts were out, you were oh yeah, out. right. It was like it was like oh, uh, we're renting Beauty and the Beast. It's like no, we're renting Vice Academy. <laughs> like oh no no, and they yeah oh my god. So that's. That's a thing, you know, but but one of the things that drew me to this movie when I was a kid was the was the cover, you know, yeah, and I actually was going to ask that if it was the same cover with um, her the purple. Her, yeah. Arms with her arms crossed. crossed. Yeah. yeah. There's an oh, actual picture. There's an actual picture of me at age 10 with my arms crossed uh, imitating that cover somewhere um and that's that was I had no idea what the movie was. I just knew it was a horror movie. And I knew it looked, you know, creepy and weird. And like, that's my costume. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, oh, like, that's it. I like it. So when I finally watched it, I was just, I, I mean, it, it was just an exciting thing because it's so well written. Yeah. Um, the dialogue is just fire, fire, fire. You know, it's funny and it's an interesting. I wouldn't necessarily say the storyline is particularly (laughs) um but that's okay because yeah Yeah. the performances are fantastic and um i love anything made in canada i i just you know yeah you know it was didn't the canadians have like a um a film grant that really you know that's i think that's how like david cronenberg got his start Mm -hmm. or the film grants and uh i feel like that allowed people to have a little more creative freedom because because they had the grant and they already had the money to make the movie, so they weren't like you know afraid of losing money. Hmm. I don't know exactly how that worked, but yeah, sounds great. They <laughs> called it well on another podcast. Someone referred to these movies as the Canadian tax shelter films. Mm. Don't ask me to explain that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> I just I have concluded from it that if you give someone money to make something, it's going to it might be uh, bad, but it's going to be amazing. Right. Because amazingly, they right. amazingly bad, bad. bad, yet amazing because yeah. they have now freedom to do what they want to do. Yeah. Their, their passion. Yeah. You're, you're going to see their passion come out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is one of those movies um, is there's a lot of I mean, the special effects, the practical effects are fantastic. Um, yes. The you horse. Know. I think that horse is what really sold me when I yeah. saw that horse. I was just like, OK, I love this movie now. Creepy. <laughs> creepy. We call him creepy fuck horse around. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end when she's like riding the horse yep. like it's her. <laughs> yep. Yeah. With the tongue sticking with out. With the tongue out. Yeah. Yeah, my boyfriend. I mean, even that that <laughs> horse before it was sort of like the possessed animated when horse it was, just was still scary. <laughs> like whoever, <laughs> who has a rocking horse in their pet? Yeah. Good job, prop maker. You <laughs> yeah. killed it on that horse. You, <laughs> yeah. you successfully made a an object that's in somebody's room that is just like why is that in their room? It, it's it's exactly like uh, the clown in Poltergeist. It's like why is that clown? Why is that clown? Yeah. In the room? No, yeah. it's yeah. just it's just super creepy and weird, and it adds to the whole creepiness element of this movie. Um, I yeah, it's because there's a lot of people who think like, oh, well, it's a ghost movie, and it's like, eh, it's kind yeah. of a possession movie, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, um, with just you know, cool, cool gore effects and uh, yeah. and great acting now did you guys recognize any of the actors in this movie uh, i mean the only one i recognize is michael Ironside. Just, yeah just- oh yeah i mean it's crazy watching him in um older films you're like man this guy uh he's uh, so i was gonna say he doesn't age but he's he'd already been aged at that point so he looks exactly the same as a movie that he would be in in like 2010 he, or something he pretty much looks old in scanners 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, look like he's 50 in Scanners, looks like he's 50 in Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think people find their their niche decade and then they just ride that out for 50 years. Yeah. So he was <laughs> a 50-year-old teenager yeah. and he'll be a 50-year-old, 80-year-old. Yeah, so Great. good. That's it's good. like Ed Harris. I mean, <laughs> Ed Harris in yeah, Creep totally. Show and Ed yeah. Harris has to wake the president. Same Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. the same. Just uh, and then I don't know who they got to. Um, I, we looked it up, but we were watching the beginning. The guy that plays Michael Ironside's character in the beginning, we're like, is that Michael Ironside? Whoever they got, Let's right? So apparently, that actor went on to play Mike. Went on to play a young Michael Ironside in other Michael Ironside movies. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, good because they were like, there yeah, you go. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's your that's your thing, bro. You go with it. But that's yeah. really the only um, yeah. name that I had recognized. Um, I didn't recognize the director or you know any of the screen. I play. recognized Ron Oliver vaguely, and only because I think we found out that he does a lot of like Hallmark type movies or yep. Lifetime type movies. He that- does, and he did, and he did episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and he did episodes of. Um, a couple other ones that were after my time that I don't, but I Nickelodeon shows, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. He did. He did some of those. Yeah. He's a Canadian, Canadian screenwriter guy. Um, and he filmed all of the reshoot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That he, so apparently um, he reshot all the big scenes, the, um, the scene in the, the locker room. Like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The big practical effect, they're like sort of the nightmare scenes, like the in the um the locker room, mm-hmm. the crushing Yeah, the chalkboard. The chalkboard yeah. whirlpool. Yeah. Whirlpool. The, the uh what did you call it? Deep men fuck horse. <laughs> oh uh uh creepy creepy fuck horse. Yeah, yeah. creepy fuck, fuck horse. horse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh so apparently he directed all of those scenes. Uh, rather quickly on a small budget. So I'm like, all right, this guy. Was it small? I thought he had like a decent chunk of change. No, it's no? probably oh. very small. Oh. Yeah, usually if they're doing reshoots, it's, I mean, they're doing, they, whenever they do reshoots, it's just because they're like, oh, this isn't this enough or this isn't whatever. And and Peter Simpson had, you know, a pretty long track record of horror films and stuff. And he knew it's like, you know, Get, as Wes Craven used to say, you know, give him a boner, give him a scare, send him home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Wes Craven, that chalkboard scene is just like, I feel like the biggest homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, I mean, the when I first saw it, I was totally blown away by that scene because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could I could see something like the the sort of hand, like hand through hand. and it mm-hmm. had, you have the stretchy fabric on the chalkboard. Uh, but then it becoming an entire like vortex sucking her in. Yes, the, the Man, chalk letter swirling around her and the help deep. me. Yeah. yeah, and when it solidifies afterwards, and the the chalk letters kind of get stuck in the, yep. the pretty much the, yeah right? the exact spot. So yeah, get attention good detail. to detail. That that effect was for me the best in the film. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So okay. not the the demon horse that. <laughs> That was the best prop in the film. Okay. <laughs> the, um, the locker room uh, body crush with the little like. Uh, I love that. Like, little like spaghetti that comes out or like the, the mince meat. Mince meat. Yeah. Like yeah. The, <laughs> the gooey brains or something. That just... Yes. That's what it <laughs> yeah. looked like. It looked yeah. like gooey brain. It looked like wet cat food or yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. That was pretty cool, yeah. but I, if I had to choose between the two, I would still say it was the um, chalkboard world. I think the the locker crush scene just makes me sad because I really like. I really Monica. like Monica. I know yeah. it was really sad, and then she's hiding in there, and she's you know she's shivering, and she, oh, I mean, oh my god, and then and ugh. and she'll never know that it was not her her best friend that killed her. She'll just always think it's that's right, yeah. Yeah, here's the thing about like the actors and the characters in this movie and the death scenes is that all of the or maybe not all but 90% of the characters that died are characters that I really liked. Yeah. Um yeah. or that had some sort of quality that you're like, "Oh, they're just the yeah. high schooler." Yeah, like, I know. Uh, like Jess with the big hair. Uh, uh. She, 
she finds out that she is pregnant and uh, and then it's like, you know, her death kind of looks like a suicide. You're like, that's really sad. She has a big moment where she's crying. Yeah, she has corner. a really good, genuine, like heart to heart, almost like an after school special in the bathroom. Totally. With with uh, Vicky and it's like, oh, forget about him. He's not worth it. But he gave me something, something to remember him by. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, and then you're just like, okay, is she is she trying to get the stone from the crown to pay for her her abortion? Like, does she need this stone? Yeah, I didn't I know. She was just she... gonna wear it as an earring or something. No. I, exactly. I thought she was just kind of like, man, fuck this prom, and then yeah, she was just you're right. trying to dismantle all of the prom. Like, yeah, because uh, she had that cool, like, new wave style. She had the yeah. whole Robert Smith yeah. thing going She's on. like, I got real issues. Yeah, She did. She was yeah, dealing right. with some stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, I got real serious. I'm not trying to hawk a gem. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, so So Mary Lou Maloney is played by uh, Lisa Lisa Scrage, I guess, or Scrage. It jury's out on that one. But uh, she's, a, she's a Canadian actress, and... She did like a handful of things and she did like food of the gods too and a couple other things. Um, but she, she just enthralled me like oh, yeah. from the moment she steps on camera and just starts, you know, when she does the confession scene and she's in, I mean, she's clearly a hoe, but she, <laughs> but she like, she owns it. You know, she's obviously a very sexually assertive woman, um, you know, for but, the fifties, no less for the fifties, yeah. you know, yeah. but, but she's got a wicked sense of humor. And, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I love that she goes into the, the church late at night with no one to observe her little prank. <laughs> right. <laughs> gonna, I'm just going to prank the priest. Clearly she's going before the prom. Like yeah. she's on her way to the prom and she's like, you know what? Yeah. Well, itinerary. The church is on the way. Might as well stop in and harass the priest. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she kind of just um just kind of like hops from guy to guy and just yeah. like, hey, yeah. Hey. And then when when Michael like she's trying to keep it on the down low by, you know, keeping her nefarious activities behind the stage. But then Michael Ironside finds her. She's like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> this wasn't going to last. Right. And on top of all that, she was still the prom queen. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. both were already cast, so that's right. I'm yeah. just saying, like she's she's working it. She's busy. Yeah. She's harassing priests. She's got all these guys. She's, she's got guys, and she just uh, wants her crown, man. Yeah. That's the whole well, reason she came back. She didn't get a chance yeah. to wear the crown. Yeah, she I, also should have wore a uh, better fabric. Her prom dress was probably her dress like, went up like Chernobyl in, in nylon. Yeah, yeah, nylon or yeah. material like that. But I do like. Going back to like being enthralled by her, she just she I loved her posture. I loved her mm-hmm. stance on stage. This wide leg, like wide it. leg, yes, yeah. And then when Vicky at the end is embodied by her, she does the same. St- a little bit, li- a little bit wider, but <laughs> she <laughs> <laughs> overdid that. <laughs> she was a little, uh, yeah, just a little broad, a little broad yeah. with that. But right, yeah. But she does. I I feel like Wendy Lyon did a great job with the transformation element of yeah. becoming that we're we like made notes like oh this is like like 25 percent possessed this is like yes 40 percent like she did little by little <laughs> she did because yeah, she's kind of like, out with her dad and she's a, oh, possessed. Oh, <laughs> oh, gross. oh my god that was so oh horrifying. she's a hundred percent possessed by that point by that point <laughs> You know, once you're once you're uh, playing with creepy fuck horse and making out with your dad, it's done. It's done. Yeah. It's gone to plaid. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> um. So other actors that you might actually recognize, uh, depending on the. De- de- so Greg, uh, her boyfriend, is played by Louis Ferreira, uh, aka Justin Lewis. He was in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, two thousand four. Who was as her husband in the very beginning when she is you know like you know when they're laying in bed and the fucking neighbor kid comes over which yeah you're you know and they're like oh so and so is here and then he like gets up and then he gets bit yeah yes that's him okay yep i know exactly who that is wow nice yeah and he's he's a a very well-known canadian actor like canadian series Boom, 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 boom. Consistently works. He just did a really great series called Bad Blood. 
which takes place in Ontario with Kim Coates, who I'm a huge fan of and uh, from uh, Sons of Anarchy and just excellent, just a really excellent actor. But yeah, every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, it's Craig. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, everybody else in this movie pretty much is, yeah, it's Canadian all the way. So um, Brock Simpson, obviously, he did a lot of prom night movies. Yeah. Um, Kelly, the biggest bitch in the world, uh, <laughs> Carrie Hawks, she did uh, one of the American voices for the dubs of Sailor Moon, which oh. was a very popular cartoon for most of my anime friends so yeah 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 i remember watching sailor moon as a kid yeah i i remember playing sailor moon as a kid i didn't watch it but i played it yeah (laughs) it had its moment i i mean i'm sure it had its moment in overseas but in in the u.s in the 90s late 90s it really had a big resurgence um but kelly's character um you know she was kind of a bitch but i also like kind of felt bad for her she's another one at the end where i'm just like oh she's she just she for some reason she really needs this the attention prom queen title and she really she wants it to whatever means necessary to get it and she doesn't even get it yeah <laughs> it's very sad and then yeah. and then the fact that like josh basically tells her like hey you have to blow me yeah in order to get this and then she's yeah. like i don't think he really thought it was gonna happen i kind of feel like he was like oh whatever you gotta do this right he's like what Uh uh-huh not condoning him but no i mean (laughs) from uh you get the great throwaway line from ron oliver who's like Mm -hmm. really how'd you blow it how'd you blow it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) one of the best it's almost as if they just shot that scene after they're like oh this is gonna be great let's put this (laughs) yeah like i'm gonna film this on my own yeah (laughs) yeah and action me okay everyone else is like just cut that out it's right? not a story it's going in the preview it's like yeah. you don't have to be right exactly like you don't have to mug it's cool yeah. um so the script is fantastic the dialogue in this movie is so memorable mm-hmm. yeah um jesus bud you've been celibate too long yeah is one of my favorite lines <laughs> uh is when he's like you know she's gonna come back and she's gonna she's gonna try and possess you yeah, the line from Dave, uh, Kelly's boyfriend, when he's at the prom, he says, I drink, I get, I get drunk. drunk, I get drunk. My like, problem. delivery of that, too, is just such, like, bro, <laughs> I don't know, inflection. Canadian <laughs> I, server. I get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I favorite. drink, I get drunk. <laughs> don't touch the queen. You'd be the first who didn't. Um, <laughs> um, good ones. My God. Uh, well, the you know the it's not who it's it's not who you go with. It's who takes you home is featured in all of the movies. Mm. So that's, that's uh, the one through line to connect all the prom the, night movies, other than the fact that there's a prom. Yeah, yeah. Mary Lou Maloney shows up in part three, but not in the way that you think. Three is an odd duck because there are two versions of three there is a r-rated version of three which is super hard to find i mean i think you have to get like a german dvd or something like that then there's the version that i guess usa network must have purchased at one point which has no nudity no sex no language and no violence (laughs) good it's just a glorified after school special is what it is (laughs) (laughs) sounds amazing yeah i well i found a copy of the other one because i remembered it being it's kind of like when in bachelor party where they steal the porno and then and then they the the girls have altered the porno and they watch it and they're like you know i never really i i i don't expect my filth to be this clean um that was how it was watching prom night i was like i remember this being dirtier really (laughs) it's not even time for that segment yet (laughs) i'm waiting for my moment (laughs) that's what i deal with every episode (laughs) That's usually us with our cat when we're back at home. Yeah, we yeah. Uh we have an episode that we hasn't come out yet, but um Potato is our cat 
is our is our first guest. Yeah. Just Tatum. because she came in and wanted to sit right in front of the camera and just yeah. plopped herself down. And we live in very small quarters. And we're like, there's nowhere to put her. She just has to be here. So, yeah, <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Uh, animals are the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I'm sure you guys noticed this, but the the genre, um, all the names in the, the horror yeah. Carpenter, Browning, yeah. Hennenlotter, Romero, Craven, O'Bannon, Dante. It's pretty yeah, crazy. That was kind of cool, like just kind of like listening for all those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this just kind of goes further into like, I can see this as being an homage to um, other horror movies. And on my list, just from, you know, just watching it, we saw um, elements of Carrie. That was like probably the most obvious oh, one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a small little Halloween homage, um, the oh. priest standing outside the church. And he looks just like Michael Myers. I'm like, oh, that's. Oh, totally... that's so interesting. Yeah, that's totally. Uh, it seems like it was done intentionally. Like his stance, he's just standing there and you see him in the background. And it's like, oh, hey, Bill. Yeah. And then. Uh... <laughs> I mean, the explicit references to Exorcist, I think, like, um, Josh the, references Father Karras, and, and he, he, he does, does like a, a mantra that the power Jesus, of Christ. Your mother, your mother sews socks in hell, yeah, Father Karras. Hell. Yeah, that's a great line. That's mm-hmm. such a good line. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, all of the nightmare scenes where she, when she gets knocked out or she's hallucinating, totally has the yeah. Freddy Krueger feel. Very much. Um, yeah, and then you know the whirlpools we talked about, like, yeah, yeah, well, nice little homage film. It's an and oh yeah, and then uh, the homage to um, Evil Dead as well. I would say the horse is probably like a big yes. Evil yep. Dead. There's a camera um, shot near the very end when I think Mary is like uh, Mary Lou's being sucked back into the chest or you know something mm-hmm. like that. It's very, Where like, it's like it and it's the it's the shaky cam follow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the you know, the Sam yes. Raimi cam through the woods kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Um, I think that's it on my but you know, um I thought that was cool. You know, I always like a movie that where you can tell the um filmmakers were are fans of the genre. Yeah. I feel like it just adds little little things for yeah. horror fans to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I get little it. Little like, oh thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's something about I just I really love this movie because of the way that it's written and because of the care that was put into the characters and the care that was put into, you know, making it basically like a a horror homage, you know, and and but not with but without being like super self-referential. Right, right, right. Because that gets on my nerves after a while. <laughs> you know, I know it's part of I, I mean, obviously I I remember when Scream came out and how excited everybody was because horror had taken such a dark, like horror had gone into a place where Fangoria didn't even know what to put on their cover anymore because there just wasn't anything being released. It's like everything was just, it was in a lull, you know? And so when Scream came out, it was huge and it was huge for a reason because there were no R-rated horror films at the time and there just there wasn't anything that was like, hey, like we understand the horror, the you know, the the horror tropes and we're we're going to, you know, we're going to nudge, nudge, wink, wink at it. But we're also going to utilize really good special effects and a great soundtrack <laughs> where <laughs> Kevin Williamson, which is which uh, for, you know, for us, um, that is probably like our coming of age horror yeah. um, decade. Right. And I know what you did last summer. Yeah. yeah. And, and even though, movie. even like when you know those movies are really bad, they, I like, we still love them to death because yeah. it's part of your growing up. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the horror movies that came out when we were in high school, those, they can be total trash. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there's that David Boreanaz one called Valentine. Oh, Valentine. <laughs> I love Valentine. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah, because that's another one of my like, oh, Valentine. I don't know why I love that. I probably love Valentine because I I like revenge movies. I like movies where bullied kids get to, you know, to get to like get their revenge on the assholes that were mm-hmm. mean or whatever to them. Yeah. And so, but I really like the way that was done. And I thought the death scenes were genius. Yeah. And I mean... Sort of spoiler for Valentine, but like that little, little nose. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. The right. nosebleed. I'm not going to say who had a nosebleed. 
But the person that had the nosebleed at the end. <laughs> with the weird cherub mask. I, yes. I like the spoiler, non-spoiler. Yes. Like, I'm going to spoil yes. this, okay. but but <laughs> I'm not going to quite spoil it. There's a, yeah, sort of spoil. Yeah. She spoiled Ghost Dad for me. Though. Whatever. You were never going to see Ghost Dad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. I want to know why we like this movie. I mean, I, I've said some stuff, but like, why did you guys, why are you guys digging on it? I think I'm a big fan of characters and mm. um, I really latch on. I do like the other elements as well. Like, you know, I like scores and I like <laughs> practical effects and um, stuff like that. But I do also really latch on to character development and mm-hmm. the portrayals of characters. Yeah. So if- a really good actor doing the best that he or she can with a terribly written character. <laughs> yes. Or vice versa. If it's like really well written characters and perhaps maybe a subpar actor is um, able to elevate his or her performance uh, through great writing. I love that. And so I think this has both. I feel like it. you have really solid actors and I think you really have a really solid script um, for all of them too. And it's not just like the the lead actors; it's the side characters too that you really latch on to. That's my. Yeah, I would say um, it really struck me because it is so kind of uh, wild, and all of the uh, the scenes and the effects, the nightmare scenes were were quite creative. Um, I am a a visual person, and I latch on to. Uh, of the visual aspect of a film um and it's very pretty yes exactly yeah exactly the um even like the the scene in the shot with the horse it's like that horse is really creepy but the way that it's shot with that sort of like close up at the odd angle all the lighting changes Mm -hmm. it's just so visually interesting that Mm -hmm. it, it stays in your head and for me like my favorite movies tend to be the ones that have um, a scene or it could be a character or something that just like stays with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that horse definitely that horse. will stay with me for quite a long <laughs> time. Might, me as well. Okay. And when we rewatched it today, we were like, oh my gosh, it, it's not even in there that long. But when we first watched it, we felt like he was in there for at least like 10 minutes. It had to have been <laughs> a 10 minute scene with this horse. Right. Because it's so horrifying. It's so impactful and oh just God. lasts for 10 minutes in your mind afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, this is this movie has actually been called the Blue Velvet of High School Horror Films. I could see that, you know? Which I thought was interesting. It, it kind of keeps you on on the tip of a dream the entire yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, is which is great. It allows for uh, some really fun stuff to happen. Yeah, I, I really love those nightmare scenes, like with her in the cafeteria, and the lunch lady who's really made up, like whatever happened to Baby Jane style. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that these nightmare characters get their you know get their hair done and their their eyes done, and they're serving you slop and look doing it. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. I love the um I love the overall look of Canada as a filming location. Uh, yeah. you know, it, the production production chose Edmonton um because of the local school boards uh were really excited about having someone come and shoot in their city. So so they were like, "Yes, come, you know, come come shoot here. It'll be great." So they they built sets um, inside of like a three hundred thousand square foot furniture store. Wow! So all, all those sets were like the internal was all done inside this this giant furniture store. So, which I always thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, I think Hamilton High is um, also was in the first prom night. Yeah, yeah. Another small but probably not uh, on purpose connection there right exactly because i'm i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure in three it's hamilton high four is a very dark movie four (laughs) is like if i mean four is dark uh because it's about the the film in general like part two has a lot of like weird catholic guilt stuff going on with it but four is like you know um it's just killer priests 
I mean, it's it's Killer Priest doing bad, bad, bad shit. Okay. I'm I'm very disappointed in my multi pack for not giving us three or four. It didn't have yeah yeah like you said threes. It's hard to you know I mean it's hard to find and nobody in three. Uh, Tim Conlon who stars in three he ended up um, he was most recently in Feud the Betty Davis, uh, Joan Crawford movie. Uh, so he's still acting. Um, but, uh, Courtney Taylor who plays Mary Lou Maloney, man, she's one and done, you know? Mm. So yeah, unfortunately, but, uh, everybody else in this movie really makes the most of their part, which I really like is that everyone's very flushed out as a character. Yeah. 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 Makes you really feel for the characters and, I always appreciate a character that is that does have some substance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like there are so too many instances in horror movies where the I don't like the characters to start. So I'm just like, can you can we like kill them off already and just yeah, kind of, yeah, I, yeah. Let, let's get to it. Like, look, yeah. come on, let's. Uh... And that makes me feel so bad for the actor and that character because I'm like, oh, I feel bad that I don't like this character more. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like we did we did Slaughter High the other night. And one of the things we said is this is just a movie about trash humans that just they get what they deserve. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a single a single character in that movie other than the killer who you're like, you're like, oh, man, that, that he didn't deserve that. So to wrap up, like this is such a great movie and everything. Um, Is there anything else you can think of that? Like, if you were going to tell somebody to watch this movie and you're going to sell them on the film, uh, how would you do it? Oh, man. I know. There's a creepy fuck horse. Creepy fuck horse. (laughs) And I don't use that word often, but I will use it for this horse because I want people to see it. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, my tagline. I would say if you ever wanted to experience prom in the 80s, you are going to get one of the best looks of a really cool, fun prom. Although that's probably like not even like the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of neon in that prom. I was just thinking of, yeah, I was just thinking of like, okay, you have prom night from, you get a 70s prom. So it's awesome. That- you got the disco, you got the choreographed dances and all that. And then you have mm-hmm. this prom from the 80s. And uh, you got the cool music, all the different styles. Actually, that, punk pro- that prom did look pretty fun. They yeah. had like a computerized way to divulge the winner of, you know, prom queen and mm-hmm. all like. We see, and we see prom in the 50s as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, proms. so they're all better than mine. Yeah. If you miss prom in the 80s, watch Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Yes. To see what it was like. Yes. That's that's going to be my selling point. People are going to be like, oh, so intrigued by that. Also, there's a possession thing. And, you know, I mean, are there a lot of people that want to relive their prom or relive a prom? (laughs) They're probably if they if if they're thinking of prom in the 80s, they're probably thinking of like a Napoleon Dynamite style prom where you have the poofy shoulders and the. Yeah, you know, like new wave music. A lot of baby blue. Yeah, a lot of baby blue. A lot of pastel. I'm curious, what's your selling point for Prom Night 2? Um, to be honest with you, I would say like practical effects, great characters, full frontal nudity. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I almost wonder, okay, just not to like, you know, go back too much, but the whole, the full frontal nudity in the locker room reminds me so much of the faculty when Mary Beth, <gasps> her name's Mary Beth. Anyway. Wow. She's walking full nude and confident. I'm like, oh, that's so Mary Beth of Mary Lou to do this right now. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's because you don't say that a lot. You don't really. I mean. And it feels so bold. You're like, wow, they went for it. She really feels like she's confident in that scene. And it's, it's, it's almost like, yes, she's obviously being inhabited by the spirit of Mary Lou, who gives zero fucks uh, about that. Like she's just, you know, she has a great line where she says, great body. Mine was better. You know? Yes. 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 (laughs) And she's like, like touching her face. Touching her face. That was good. (laughs) Full nude yet in the very last snippet of that scene, her 
towels back on. So just, to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, continuity error. It's so, how they shot that. It almost reminds me of, I think I read in an interview with Glenn Close when she did the crazy, well, when she was crazy. Oh, uh, Fatal Attraction. Yes. So she, she was great. Good job on getting that. The yeah. one where she was crazy. <laughs> Fatal Attraction. All right. Got it. Uh, Amazing. So I think like I read in an inter- interview, she wasn't um, intending or comfortable at first being that naked um, mm. in like the bedroom scene. And then as she filmed more, she's like, you know what? I think she would be bearing all. And so she got more naked. Uh, so there are continuity errors, but mostly because she felt more comfortable in that, you know, situation. So maybe it was one of those things where it's like, okay, she wasn't comfortable at first. So she had her towel on, which maybe that was like the last scene that was filmed. Mm. The last scene was first filmed. And then she got more comfortable. I don't know. It's really just like for a split second at the very end. I think it's her last line of that scene. And it also could be um, the copy of the DVD we watched because there's another scene where you can see a boom mic. And I feel like yes. sometimes with certain copies, yep, they, they were intended to be either like um, cropped in a certain way or maybe, you know, the formatting was changed. So you might see more than intended. Yeah. So oh. I don't want to be nitpicky about continuity errors <laughs> and low budget. Horror we are going to nitpick from Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. They didn't do a um, like hair wet, hair dry thing. That's always a big thing. Huh? Oh, no, they did. They she there was. Yeah. When she went in there, Monica's hair was wet because she was literally standing under a shower, whereas Vicky was just sort of like hovering around the shower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then she like went in there and grabbed her and kissed her on the nose and kissed her. On the and then forehead. Yeah. And I was at first I was kind of like, oh, Monica's really OK with her being in there with her right now until she kisses her on the nose. Then it's too right. And then it's, oh, 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 you violated my personal yeah. bubble. You can't. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on, man. I really thank you for having us. This was so fun. This was so awesome. 